the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. It's Rob Black. Welcome in to the Rob Black Show. Still no contract. One week left, so today I'm starting to plan my farewell show next Friday. The big anniversary Bonanza 210th episode, as I'll likely call it. Who should be my guest on the Bonanza episode? Joey, clearly. So I'm going to do a reach out to Joey and see if he wants to come in studio next week and uh, uh, show me a couple of his characters, because you never know when you don't have a contract. The following week I'm on vacation, going to Mexico, going to see some nude women, going to drink some uh, fruity drinks, uh, some cerveza, going to get a little bit of sun on my white pasty body. So, got things doing. Got things doing. What should I do for my farewell show? 800-345-5639. If you've got any content or ideas that you want to throw out at me, hate it when management goes last second on contracts. A week ago, I would have said there's a 100% chance I was going to resign. Today, I said there's 50%. Good God, I hate insincere people. Good God, I hate insincere people. Today, I'm going to do on the show, we're going to talk a little Verizon and AT&T and Apple. We've got some big news on California and unemployment. Um, did I just say California a little bit like Schwarzenegger? I think California and unemployment. I think I am starting to it's starting to rub off. Not like I hang out with them. Um, the mayors. The mayors in the United States are getting together. They're doing their conference. And uh, yesterday, by the way, I think I did the greatest show I ever did. And today I still have no contract. Greatest show I ever did. Just a great Rob Black freak out on realtors. Especially one particular realtor who particularly annoyed me in the second segment of yesterday's show. And then I had a great, great, great political interview that I kind of liked. So I'm not tooting my own horn, but since your management doesn't toot your own horn, sometimes you got to toot your own horn. The emails that I got, 10 plus of them said that rocked. None from management, though. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. There's tons of good stuff in the world of, of investing, and there's great stories out there today like tied towards NBC, and it's not necessarily tied towards NBC and Jay Leno. Although this whole Jay Leno, Dave Letterman, Conan O'Brien, tonight's Conan O'Brien's last show. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm going to watch it. I watched it a little bit last night. He got a standing ovation. It's kind of queer that we never appreciate what we have until it's gone. Why is that? So, got a nice little standing ovation. Jay Leno, he's going to get the um, White House Correspondent Dinner. So, the White House Correspondents have decided who's the funniest comedian or who's the best at late night, and they've tapped Jay Leno for their big shindig. Last year or the year before, I'm not sure which, Craig Ferguson did it, and I, I think he's just a hoot. He's my favorite late night comedian by far and away because he's goofy. He's honest. He's sincere. I like honest, goofy, sincere people. I hate people who play games. I hate people right around contract time tear you down. I hate it. Hate it, hate it, hate it. I find it despicable. I find it average at best. 
So Conan, it's over. Tonight he's going to have on a couple good guests, and it'll be kind of nice to see. Do you think Johnny Carson would have gone out like that? With uh, just the incredible amount of bitterness between Letterman. Letterman's mad at Leno, because let's face it, he was due that show 15 plus years ago. He was due it. Uh, Carson wanted to give it to him, and the NBC brass said, no, let's give it to Leno at the last second. So Letterman's taking digs at, at Leno on a pretty regular basis because he he has to. He's got some self-respecting uh, 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 face that he has to serve, so to speak. Now, Conan O'Brien, he's a little bit bitter because what he was given and promised he was going to give it time to succeed been taken away from him. Leno's upset because he failed. And anytime any of us fail... We take it personally. So, but it's kind of gotten kind of nasty. Like, for instance, Leno, he threw out an attack at Letterman. Letterman's constantly mocking him. And Jimmy Kimmel, I can't even mention because Jimmy Kimmel's so far into the radar, no one even knows who he is. So anyway, um, Letterman, Leno throws out an attack at Letterman, and, and Leno is milk toast. He's white bread. He's so easy. He offends no one. But he said, you know the best way to get Letterman to ignore you? <laughs> he said, marry him. That's pretty funny. It's pretty mean. Like, Leno hasn't been that funny and that kind of mean for years. 20 years ago, Leno did a great joke about third world countries. And he says, you know why they hate us is because, like, here they are starving and their little kids want to, you know, they see us playing with Mr. Potato Head and they just want to eat a potato. He hasn't been edgy in 20 plus years. So anyway, maybe next week I won't talk Leno. Maybe next week I won't talk Conan O'Brien. But you know what we're going to start talking about is where will Conan go? So there's two months ago when my ratings were at their all-time high, I was told, be a little bit more topical. Be a little bit more topical. Ratings started to slip since I've been more topical. So there you go. There's your five minutes of topical. Let's talk about stuff that I want to talk about now. NBC, they paid higher fees to the NFL, the National Football League. They paid huge fees. And what we're seeing is not the best deal for GE. I, I ask a question, and maybe my question for the listener today is, what do you hate? Yesterday, you heard me hate pretty aggressively on a real estate agent and promises that the real estate agents make. What do you hate? I hate insincere people. I hate people that play games. I remember many, 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 many years ago when I was dating, you know, I just, just be honest. Be who you are. Don't lie to me. So, and I, I think everyone would say they hate insincere people. Don't play games. If you like someone, say you're doing a good job. If she's cute and funny, say you're cute and funny. You made me giggle. Anyway, um, what do you hate? That'd be a good topic for the show. Or what do you love? I love working with people that are honest, straightforward, lovely, laugh when it's appropriate, will lose their PC when it's appropriate to lose their PC. 800-345-5639. What do you hate? What do you love? 800 345 Five six three nine to get your calls in the air. So NBC's profits dropped thirty percent, and it's heavily tied towards sports. And there's a question for you: Do you think our golden age of civilization, the nineteen nineties and the early two thousands, the Bay Area were great? I came to the Bay Area eight years ago after the golden age. I missed it by a couple of years, but it was fun. I, I visited a lot during it. Did a lot of tech meetings. Did a lot of work in media. Young people making six figures. It was truly a Camelot era. And it ended with the dot-com boom, which led to the housing boom, which led to the dot-com bust, which led to the housing bust. So it's interesting to watch. It's interesting to watch. But um, 
Do you think the golden age is over? That's another good question for the show. Or do you think it'll come back? Are you optimistic that it'll come back? Do you think we'll ever go to 4% unemployment again? I'm willing to say in my lifetime, I doubt it. Again, I'm going to say my lifetime's over in 10, 20 years. Just to be fair. Just to be fair. I don't think I'm going to die in the next 10, 20 years. But, you know, I, I, if I were to say I don't think unemployment ever goes to 4% and I live to 120, that's not exactly a fair lifetime either, is it? So I'm going to cut it off and say I don't think we ever go back to 4% unemployment. I don't think we go back to that speculative fervor in the job market. And maybe that's the time to say, you know what? Maybe we do go back because Rob's subtly negative on it. Therefore, it's, it's the turn. Typically, that's one of the reasons I do this show is I, I like watching you. I like studying you. You tell me a lot about the market. You tell me a lot about the economy because whatever you're doing, I want to do the opposite of. So the golden age of football, do you think we've hit the all-time high in contracts in baseball and football or do you think it continues to go higher? Are men so pathetic that all we can do is bond about baseball and football, that advertisers love that and therefore they're willing to continue to throw more and more and more and more money at the at silliness? For instance, NBC is slated to lose about $250 million for the Winter Olympics. You think NBC is going to go into that next year and, or in the next round of bidding and go, woo, we want it? I don't think so. I think the NFL is starting to become a money loser. And, I mean, again, it, it depends on what you consider a money loser. So, for instance, I don't know. You remember America Online. They lost money. They lost money. They lost money. They lost money. But they brought in a lot of cash. People were subscribing to it, like newspapers and magazines. Um, they're all about cash flow. Sometimes a company could be cash flow positive, and you can service old debt, and you still lose money, but you're paying off higher debt, so you're making yourself a stronger company down the road. So sometimes business models aren't as obvious as you think they are. So the Winter Olympics, it's it's almost February. I, I Contracts over at the end of January, and I'm like, whoa, Winter Olympics are in February. The NHL, the National Hockey League, shuts down uh, for a couple, two and a half, three weeks there. So I'm going to be sad about that. I watched the Sharks last night. Later in the show, we're going to be talking to Dan Rusinowski of the San Jose Sharks, the voice of the San Jose Sharks, one of the greatest hockey voices um, ever. I, he, he spins a good tale, too. Um, I don't know what I'm going to ask him because things are going so well for the Sharks. It's like, yeah, let the good times roll. Um, it's tough to interview good. It's tough. Air America, out of oxygen. I don't think this comes as a surprise, and most of you are probably scratching your head and said, are they even in business? Are they still around? The liberal radio service, they had hoped to do for the left what Rush Limbaugh does for the right. They are no more. Financially struggling, they filed for bankruptcy, and they will be off the air on Monday. Now, the election in Mississippi, not Mississippi, Massachusetts. That's odd. I think I had a stroke. How can I confuse Mississippi with Massachusetts? The election in Massachusetts, probably not helping liberals at this point in time. Now, what else will this whole election in Massachusetts do? Well, oddly enough, President Barack Obama has come out swinging against banks. Why? Because it's a populist thing to do. We all hate banks. We hate bank fees. We hate banks. We see that banks got bailed out, then we see billions of dollars that they made. Now, again, it's easy to hate banks, but if banks go away, there was a movie once about what would life be without a Mexican? Like, we'd have to wash our own um, dishes. We would have to, you know, do our own yard, and people would have to have their own daycare and things. It was, it was, a, a, it was a controversial movie. It was insightful. But what would we do... Without banks. I honestly tell you, it would be like Planet of the Apes. Remember at the end of the Planet of the Apes? He looks up and he sees the uh, Statue of Liberty, also known as the Statue of Bigotry for some. 
But he looks up and he sees the Statue of Liberty and it's like, oh, no, our world ended this way. If banks go away, our world's going to end with the damn dirty monkeys, damn dirty apes ruling us. So we need the banks. I know. But right now it's popular to hate them. And because Massachusetts went so negative against the Democrats, I think the most popular thing they can do right now and to get popular vote is attack the banks. So that could be bad for Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo. What other shows got you on that? Ooh, Shock the Monkey. You know what Shock the Monkey is all about? Shock the Monkey. Oops, I'm almost over my time clock. Um, Shock the Monkey is all about being a good person. You once were a monkey, and then you turn into this civilized slob where you try to seduce people and you try to put on a face that's not your real face. Shock the Monkey is not about shocking monkeys. It's about shocking the monkey inside of you. Go back to your nature. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. set of bongos and there was a point on the east coast of my life i used to live on the east coast for a long period of my life came out to california eight years ago the thing i like about the east coast is you can always tell the mood that people are in you can always see it they show you if they're angry they show if you're happy but i'd like to, i always like to go into live music you know why i like going to live music is you can't help but be happy at live music i love live music because your true emotions come out it's like skipping you can't be sad if you skip can't be sad um, I always liked live music. So there was a band that I used to like, and I, I listen to them now and I'm like, Oh, good God. Like it didn't age quite so well, but they let me play bongos on stage with them once. I thought that was cute. Give the boy a cookie. I've told you many, 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 many stories. <laughs> and I don't know why I do this. It's, it's funny. I think like I almost once did cocaine with, um, Dave Matthews. It's a good story. And, uh, he actually wanted to have sex with my girlfriend and I said no. And it's, you know, 10, 20, 30 years later, you look back and you go, I should have done that. Like, I've never done cocaine in my life. Never. There's an admission for you, right? I should have done it. Like, you look back and you're like, opportunity's blown. I try to live my life as best I can by saying, let's not look back with regret. So anytime someone like Dan Rusnowski says, hey, you want to come on and talk hockey? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't say no to many opportunities anymore, any way, shape, or form. So bank stocks are getting murdered today. This is important. It's tied towards President Obama and um, tied towards Obama taking a very populist stance and saying, like, we have to go after him. So the question is, will it get through Congress? I don't think that it will get through Congress. You know, there's a lot of fears that Mr. Obama's proposals could force a radical restructure of American banks, which is a move, you know, some people welcome. Some people really want. I think the unintended consequences is something we have to be very fearful of. And for instance, last year we did some massive reforms on um, credit cards. We gave the consumers protection. Remember the Credit Card Consumer Protection Act? What did it ultimately do? Yeah, they can't raise your rates uh, as fast as they used to. They can still raise your rates. And what did they do? They raised your rates. They raised your rates 3 4 5% before it went into effect because they ain't going to get screwed. They don't play that game. Remember, homie, homie, don't play that game. Banks don't play that game. So they just don't get screwed. They don't do it. 
So I, I fear unintended consequences. So Obama's going to do this populist, let's attack the banks. I'm a little bit more nervous today. You know, I would have preferred a trillion-dollar health care than let's go attack the banks because the banks are how Heidi got a home. And when Heidi bought a home, she went out to the local knob store, and she overspent on knobs. So in that little knob store, then suddenly paid their mortgage and they helped the economy and they went on vacation to Mexico. Well, maybe they went to Hawaii and helped the U.S. economy. Maybe they went to Mexico and helped the Mexican economy. You get the point. So the unintended consequences where now lending to Heidi may be too much risk. So they're not going to do it anymore. I can tell you small businesses, they've seen their credit exposure cut 70, 80 percent on average over at American Express. And small businesses are the blood of our economy. They hire the employees. They hire the, the average person. Did you see the unemployment numbers today in the state of California? Holy mackerel. Unemployment in California creeps up to 12.4%. No jobs, no housing market. Hate to tell you people, people uh, push up prices of homes with jobs. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Joey? Rob, Blackhead Joey, speaking to you live, man. Hey. Don't drop the ball here, Joey, because I'm thinking about bringing you live in studio next week for my 210th anniversary show. Great idea. Hey, so check this out. Last week uh, you did a mock um, pseudo-emergency uh, broadcast thing about the monster on the Golden Gate suspension bridge. Do you recall that? Yeah, I do. Was that clever or was that offensive? I loved it, man, but I got I got one I cooked up of my own. Check this out. Check this out. This is an emergency interruption system issuing a warning. In the past 124 hours of torrential downpour, 60-something witnesses reported a burnt orange oxidized color ghost glowing World War II era ghost submarine. So the populist stance with Obama and Banks, it's great fun. It's great power to hang up on someone mid-sentence. Anyway, um, bank shares are tumbling today on the whole Obama thing, and that that does concern me. Um, Sometimes what we want turns out to be our worst demon, and that's problematic. I'm not panicked on the market. Don't think that in any way, shape, or form. Google, they reported numbers last night. Let's see how they're doing today. Google's one of those Bay Area companies that we all wished we would have come up with that idea. Would have been a good idea, right? So um, we all wish we would have invested on the IPO. We never knew that it was going to moonshot like it did. Google is not doing much today, which is kind of interesting because they reported numbers last night and their conference call turned into not so much about the product, not so much about advertising, but their conference call turned into what the hell are you going to do with China and the problem that that is. So Google trading down about 3% today on the news. So um, so Google, they inflamed the international row with America. Um, China did. So China and Google and international... Uh, Hillary Clinton has criticized the internet curbs that coming out of China. China doesn't like taking criticism well. So she referred to it as information imperialism. I love that line. That's a good line. So you remember the, the internet superhighway? Roadkill on the internet superhighway, a lot of the dot-coms. But I love the line, information imperialism. So Mrs. Clinton, the U.S. Secretary of State... She warned Beijing that its alleged attack on Google, which prompted the Internet search engine to threaten withdrawal from China, would have consequences and compared it to censorship of the Internet of the Berlin Wall. Now, the Global Times, big international newspaper, it's an English language paper, they started to talk about it and how the West comes loaded with aggressive rhetoric against those countries that don't follow their lead. 
So China's coming back, and you know China is still a very vulnerable country. They are now the number two. Well, they're not yet, but by the end of this year, they're going to be the number two economy in the world. You can't just ignore them. They're not going to just go away. Let's talk a little bit more about this unemployment issue. California, Texas, and Ohio showed the biggest job losses. Unemployment dropped in 39 states. That's good. Seven more than the prior month, indicating job losses were widespread. Oh, no, no. I read that wrong. <laughs> There's a mistake. Employment dropped in 39 states in December, seven more than the prior month. So it's getting worse out there. Payrolls in California showed the biggest decline, falling 38,800 last month. Texas followed with a 23,900 decline. Ohio down 16,700. I would never buy real estate in Ohio. National unemployment rate projected to average 10% this year. The time it's taken to find a job hit a record 29.1 weeks. Now, California is even worse, again, than the rest of the United States. Um, The state has the fifth highest unemployment rate in the nation after Michigan. What's in Michigan? Nevada? What's in Nevada? Michigan's got car manufacturing. Where's manufacturing going? China. What's in Nevada? They got gaming, and basically that's it. Rhode Island and South Carolina. Um, Overall, the nation lost 85,000 jobs in the month of December. Over the last two years, California's lost over a million jobs. California is in worse shape than the rest of the country in a lot of ways. It's probable that the recovery here might even be more sputtering than the nation as a whole. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to Bill. Let's go to Bill in San Leandro. Hi, Rob. Am I there? Yep. I heard a big... Something or other. Anyway, I uh, wonder what you're thinking about Yahoo. I'm, I'm thinking about taking a position. Um, it's a week. The reporting tonight, but anyway. I find them to be a weak company, and I, I don't find that ideal. Um, I think it can trend and trade to 20, but I think it's just as likely to go to 14, 13 before it goes to 20. So, yeah, I'd, I'd buy it as a trade, but you have to be very, you have to have cojones, is what I'm going to get to at you with this. Is in large part, I don't think it's a smooth ride. I think it's bumpy to 20, but I do think it gets to 20, 19, 20. And at 16 bucks, I don't see a lot of downside. So worst case scenario, the company gets acquired for a premium down the road at 19, 20 dollars a share. Fundamentally, I think they could put their act together, take a look at the valuation of the company. It's a little bit on the expensive side, but Carol Bart is doing the best she can to turn around the Sunnyvale-based company. Um, it's not an ideal company. I mean, you're not buying a strong company. You're buying a weak company that hopefully can use their 10 million plus users um, to push people forward. So 30 plus languages out there, 10 million subscribers to premium um, services. Yahoo used to be the internet. Now it's kind of Google. And I find myself, you know, unfortunately, as much as I don't even want to use Google, I find myself always going to Google. For instance, right now, someone's asking me how to spell Glass-Steagall. And I want to just make sure that I know how to spell Glass-Steagall. So I go to um, Google and I start typing it in and it finishes my typing for me. Let's go to Carl real quick in Petaluma. Carl, how are you? Well, well, hey, Rob, I'm doing good. And, you know, one thing I really appreciate about you the most is your authenticity. You're, you don't, uh, you're not a fake guy, and that's pretty rare. That's pretty kind of you. What can I help you with? Well, why is not the administration and Congress pushing to resurrect Glass-Steagall instead of trying to reinvent the wheel? I mean, is it a pride of ownership? Is it? Carl, I'll talk about that after the break, but thanks for the call. That's a good topic to discuss because... Uh, we repealed Glass-Steagall, and I'll, we'll talk about that a little bit when we come off break. And Glass-Steagall, for those who want to play at home, is spelled glass like the word glass. And Steagall, S-T-E-A-G-A-L-L. So Glass-Steagall Act. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. I'm on time. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. 
800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I hate inauthentic people. I hate them. So for the caller to call me authentic, I appreciate that. One thing that I will say is that some of what I do on radio, it's a little bit of an act. It's a little bit of an embellishment. It has to be because I try to educate you on this show. I honestly see myself as a teacher. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to the CTA, and it's a good teaching conference. I'm going to talk to 200 teachers. I love teachers. I'm going to sing, I believe the children are future. I love teachers. I think that they are the, the, our future, in large part because parents are working too much. They're too busy. Parents are overthinking things too much. Like, I got to take my kid to daycare. I got to take my kid to daycare. I got to have him play banjo at like age one. Like, what's a one-year-old playing banjo for? Teachers. That, that time frame from kindergarten through sixth grade, huge. So then after that, you can kind of right some ships that got out of control, but you can create some really good vessels in that kindergarten through sixth grade. So I'm going to talk to some teachers. I'm going to teach them about how to, to invest. I'm going to teach them, like, for instance, t- teachers have a pension that they're going to get. Now, they don't get Social Security, but they get a pension. It's weird, right? They don't get Social Security. A lot of teachers don't know that. Um, and the pension that they get is kind of like Social Security. It kind of sucks. It's on the low end of expectations. So tomorrow I'm going to say, hey, you got to go high end. That's just urinating. Oh, that's not clever. That's offensive. But that's what I was doing, and I, I looked over, and, I, and I, I looked at, no, I didn't do that. I looked over, and a guy was on his iPhone, and I looked at him. I'm like, you know what? I bet he doesn't even max out his 401k. So that's one of the things I'm going to tell teachers. Like, if you have an iPhone, you're going to retire poor, or you're going to marry wealthy. So I love teachers. I find them sexy. I find them fun. Like, I just, to say that's what I want to do with my life, for instance, hmm. I got to work in money, and I got to manage billions of dollars, and I got incredibly well compensated for it. Now I want to go be a teacher. But when you're 16, 17 years old, you're like, I want to be a teacher? No chance. Like, low pain. You have to deal with kids that throw stuff at you and make fun of you. uh -uh. Anyway, I'm going to go talk to teachers tomorrow. So the caller was asking about Glass-Steagall, the guy who said I was authentic. And I just came out and said, I'm really not all that authentic, but I really am authentic because I'm just trying to teach. I'm just doing it in the Robin Williams stand on the desk, dead poet society kind of way. I'm trying to inspire you in different ways. And I'm not trying to teach 60-year-olds. It's too late for you. I'm trying to teach 20, 30, 40-year-olds. Now, markets are nervous. And what they're nervous about right now is Glass-Steagall. And the caller said, why don't we repeal Glass-Steagall? And let's bring you up to speed. What the hell is Glass-Steagall? There was a banking act in 1933. And it was established by the FDIC. And ultimately, what it was designed was to control speculation. And people in the industry, we have to know the Glass-Steagall Act. We have to know what the provisions have in it. It Provisions basically prohibited a bank holding company from owning financial other com- financial companies. So banks weren't allowed to be stockbrokers. Stockbrokers weren't allowed to be insurance companies. Insurance companies weren't allowed to be banks. Now, under the incredible wisdom in the 1990s, I don't know if you blame Clinton or if you blame the Republican Congress, but we repealed Glass-Steagall. And we basically allowed banks to become brokers, brokers become insurance companies, insurance companies become banks. So it kind of got a little bit on the crazy side. So the caller said, why don't we just talk about putting it back together? And I think that's what we are talking about. And I think that's got the market scared. I think you're seeing financials correct on that news that, you know, that's what uh, Barack Obama's trying to do. 
put it back out there. Now, again, there's some incredible efficiencies by having banks be brokers and brokers be insurance companies, insurance become bankers. But there's also some opportunity for mismanagement. Instead of the dramatic reverse everything, I would rather focus on the opportunities for mismanagement, the opportunities for leverage. I don't like hedge funds, for instance. Hedge funds are one of those bastard products that's not quite regulated by the SEC and the NASD, National Association of Security Dealers, and yet they, can, they have this huge speculation. They could, they could take Yahoo down to zero. Hedge funds could bet so heavily against it that the whole market thinks, what's wrong with this company? It could send it down to zero and could collapse a company. I'm not... I shouldn't use Yahoo as an example because that's, that's, that's not fair of me. But they can take company XYZ and just destroy them. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. So I would like to see some regulations instituted, but not a lot. Let's go to Malik in Oakland. How are you, Malik? Well, I'm doing good. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Oh, you already told me you're good, and I'm that bad radio host. <laughs> okay, it's, it's reflex. It's okay. No problem. Let, let no me problem. scold myself. Bad radio host. Bad radio oh, yeah. host. No, Rob, good morning, though. I, I just wanted to say... Uh, How you doing, Malik? I'm doing pretty good. Again, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> See, that's funny. Third oh. time it's funny, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say I'm, I'm really happy for the services you're providing for the day. I've been listening for about oh, the last three or four years. I started off with your 10 o'clock show on back on Channel 4. Uh, but since then, I really wish I had listened to you earlier because I've blown through a lot of cash in my time from inheritance and such. But since then, I've, I've gotten back on the right track, gotten back into a 401k. Uh, you know, and I just want to say it's really good service that you're putting out there, and I appreciate it. So let's make the show all about you, Malik, because that's, sure, one, that's, that's part of the, my memo that I got last I'm night. I'm all for it. Don't make it about yourself. Make it about the <laughs> listener. It's your show, not my show. So you got an inheritance, Malik. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay, I got a couple, I think it was about a couple of hundred grand I got from, you know, grandparents that had passed a few years back. And I got it all before I had any kind of education about money. Okay. You know, like you always said, there's very little financial education sure. going on in the public school system. It's not, we learn about everything else, and we learn about get a good job and, you know, do what you can and, and make your money, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't really learn how to save, and you don't, le- you don't really learn that slow and steady will win the, win the race eventually. Mm. You know, and I wish I learned a long time ago. I would have held on to it. My retirement would have been said and done what, had I invested that back when I was 24. How old are you now? 32. 32. Yeah. Now, when you got $200,000 at age 24, what did you do with it? Blew it. Blew it. <laughs> Women, Completely. cigars? Uh, no, no. Cars? No, I, didn't, I didn't smoke the, that kind of. No, 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 no. It was, uh, you know, cars, traveling, kicking it, uh, clothes, lending money. And. <laughs> Never lend money to family. Did that a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never lend money. Never get in business with family members, to be quite honest with you. Exactly. I see people who buy homes with their brothers, and I'm like, bad idea. Yeah, I've been been preaching that to all my friends since then. Never. Never give away more than you can afford to lose without really stressing off of it. If you want to give it away, that's fine, but don't lend it. Don't let somebody borrow. Don't even go that route. Absolutely. And I learned that lesson. I once lent $2,000 to a coworker, and... uh, It became bitter, and I, I now no longer like her, and she's no longer my friend. Like, I, it, it destroyed the friendship for $2,000. Right. So with that being said, it, she probably wasn't worth $2,000 as a friend either, so I probably couldn't value the friendship terribly well. But uh, what are you doing this weekend, Malik? Uh, this weekend, just kicked back. I got to work, and I just got back in school. That's another thing I've learned. See? See, I'm back in school trying to uh, trying to take my income to the next level. Okay. So finishing my degree. Income's important from age 20 to 60, and you're only 32, right. so you've got plenty of time. What, what sort of degree are you working on? I'm going in for nursing, and then I want to get my degree in economics so I can be a CFE in the future. 
Yeah, I, I love that, Malik. I think that's a, a really good idea because you're going to have something unique. Um, you're going to be obviously Malik from Oakland. That's unique mm-hmm. in itself. But then on top of it, you're going to be a, a nurse. Right. So, and I think the nursing community gets underserved with financial information as well. So, and you'll also also know a lot of doctors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what can you tell me about nursing that I don't know? Uh, no, I'm not. What do you know about nursing? Uh, not much. I, I know that <laughs> I, I know that they take blood pressure, and I know that they're typically smarter than doctors about patients, but doctors are smarter than them about books. Well, the nurses have a better bedside manner. There, there is a lot more interaction with the nurses directly. Uh, the doctors are going to be more knowledgeable. They're going to know more of the internal workings, but the nurses usually have a better grip on things. Okay. A lot better inside. So, How about vitamins? Do you like vitamins? No, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I'm not no. a big fan of vitamins either. No, I think it's overrated. So I always thought of, um, Flintstone vitamins tasted good, but I don't know if they necessarily <laughs> helped you. Yeah, Flintstones are about nutritional as a tic-tac, more than likely. <laughs> good stuff, easy. Malik. And I bring that up because I'm not supposed to do this in radio, but there's a behind-the-scenes conversation that Heidi and I have about vitamins, and she takes vitamins, and I think they're totally useless. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you just urinate them out. But anyway, thanks for the call, Malik. Oh, you know what? Before, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. before you can answer this call offline, of course. Sure. But what can somebody do if I want to be a CFP in the future? What can I do now? Because I know I have to have my degree, and then I have to go through the educational training for to be a CFP. But what can I do right now to prepare myself? Have you gone to CFP.com? No, not yet. Okay, at CFP.com, it used to be CFP.net and CFP.org. Uh, but CFP.com does a really good job of explaining what a financial planner is. Mm-hmm. And it also explains it from do you want to become one versus do you want to use one. So I would start there, Malik, and, and follow up with me on a regular basis. And when it comes time for you to get some experience, get in touch with me because I know a lot of financial planners that will want to use you as kind of a not a paralegal but a paraplanner while you get your experience with a firm. They will, they, they will gladly use you and you know help develop a career for you and you know basically beat you for good content so that they don't have to do it because financial planning is hardcore hardcore financial analysis. And thanks for the call, Malik. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, an investment in bread? Is there money in bread? Or a bread restaurant in particular? It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Malik, I probably shortchanged you a little bit. I didn't ask you. I just sent you to CFP.com to get a little more information. But you should also look at the local community colleges. And even while you're taking your nursing class, see if you can't sign up for a business class or two on accounting. Um, accounting, I think, is really critically important. But there's also financial planning classes. Be careful, though, with your community college. In large part, um, a lot of community colleges, people will be, hmm, what's the best way of saying this? There's people out there like Pat Vitucci's of the world who buy radio shows and they spend a lot of money and they keep AM radio show stations alive sometimes. Like that's all they have is brokered programming. Sometimes there'll be a local community college that will say, hey, why don't you come teach a course on financial planning here? And really what they're trying to do is trying to recruit clients. 
They're basically trying to get a lot of old people to come to like San Carlos Education Center, and they're going to teach you all about financial planning. But in reality, what they're trying to do is recruit clients. Be very, very careful about community colleges and small colleges, who the teachers are, because sometimes their intentions aren't good. Now, who else would tell you that kind of honesty? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. One of the biggest compliments I've gotten in the last year, Dave Pugh, the head, the big guy at Clear Channel, digs my show. I like that. It's always a feather in your hat when the top guy uh, says good things about you. Yeah. Now, he'll turn on me the moment I don't bring in the do re me. Ah, I'm under the bus. Let's get a Vincent in Sonoma. Vincent, how are you? Hey, good, Robert. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, speaking of bringing in the do re me, uh, Notice you started putting commercials uh, or a commercial on the uh, podcast, which I don't mind. And if it if it helps to keep you uh, that podcast going and keeping you on the air, I don't mind listening to one, even two commercials throughout the podcast. So, um, just a little kind of a let me ask. Let's, let me ask Heidi ever so briefly, ever so quickly. Do you do that on my Apple iTunes podcast too, Heidi? So I wasn't for the longest time. What what basically what it is, and I'll just tell everybody this. Um, so. Heidi does my Heidi does my production. She uploads that kind of stuff. Clear Channel has a podcast sponsor that sponsors Rob's podcast, but he also podcasts his show individually. And because it's actually easier for me to have that commercial in the podcast on Clear Channel and on his individual uh, so Apple iTunes website. That's what Bad I've been producer. doing lately. Bad I'm producer. sorry. And so, but can I just tell you, our clients are getting more bang for their buck that way. <laughs> With that said, Heidi, did you see the email that came in? Please crinkle up some paper and throw it at Heidi for not checking her work. Too many times I've listened to podcasts. There's a repeat. Rerunning a podcast doesn't make any sense. I was listening to your yesterday's podcast, and then it shifted from hour two. It just repeated hour one. So I never got to hear about porn and boxy, and I got cut off while you were talking about economists partying like rock stars. So. Not a lot of love for Heidi today. Indeed. But Indeed. I, to defend myself, um, I say this. That person might be wrong. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Um, generally, I don't screw up. I am perfect. I'm going to rub your nose in the <laughs> podcast so that you stop wetting the floor. Um, yeah, well, thanks for that. Vincent, do you have anything else other yeah, than throwing yeah, her under the bus? Um, I wanted to add, oh, quickly, just another aside. Do you know, are you a fan of Sade, uh, her music? No, that, no. that, you know, I got actually a pretty good story on Sade. Oh, do you? She's got a new album out right now. That's right. That's what I was going to mention. She's got a new album out, which means she's going to be touring pretty soon. Woo-hoo. 20 years ago, I was in Tower Records and I didn't know anything about Sade. And I heard two guys over talking, talking to each other and they go, yeah, you play this, women will give it up. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. <laughs> like, that's what men talk about at, at Tower Records. But anyway. I, okay. So you're, you're a big fan of Sade, huh? I'm a big fan, yeah. Looking forward to seeing her live for the first time this year. I'm not supposed to make it about me. I'm supposed to make it more about you. But um, David Byrne's got a new album coming out next year or in the, in the near-term future. So and that's my favorite. Well, that'll be interesting to, to, to look for, absolutely. And when you listen to Sade, do you have a woman by your side or do you do you smoke a little marijuana? Like, what what mood are you going for? Um no, uh, no mood in particular. Uh, mellow, I guess, would okay. be the only mood I'm looking for. And you know, the music's pretty mellow, and it's uh, it's intricate, and um, uh, the lyrics are you know are fun. Uh, you know, they're kind of lovey dovey, but I guess mellow is the bet the mood I would describe. Is it driving music for you, or cooking in the kitchen music? Uh, no, winding down at the end of the day, getting ready for bed. Oh, nice. Okay. So uh, that's something I'll say, Vincent. Um, every now and then I want to start getting grumpy and upset with myself. 
Um, I, I just realized I'm not listening to enough music. Music gets me back to my center. But anyway, that's neither here nor there because I'm not supposed to think about me. It's all about you, Vincent. What can I help you with? Well, I was researching uh, Eon Communications, and I came across uh, another company, uh, 8x8, E-G-H-T, another telecommunications company. They do uh, VOIP kind of thing. Yeah, I talked about Eon on my Super Secret, Not So Secret podcast recently, so that's, that's probably where you pulled that up. That's where I, that's where I pulled it up. And uh, I like e- 8x8's management, and I like that they have no debt, but their profit margins are kind of... They're, they're kind of lousy. Uh-huh. I made a ton of money off 8x8 back in the internet days, or the dot-com days. Yeah. It's important for you to note, because they've been around for a long time, and no one's acquired them, Vincent. No one's looked at them and said, you know what they do is so damn unique that I want it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a company that is only $84 million. And Cisco's doing acquisitions, and Oracle's doing acquisitions, and everyone's doing acquisitions. So it brings up a question, why aren't they being acquired, Vincent? Do you see where I'm going? because there's a fundamental flaw there. Or maybe what they do isn't that unique, and it could be easily copied and replicated and duplicated. So what they do, they do internet telephony, and um, the company offers software services and equipment that enable voice and video communication over IP networks, software and related services. They allow subscribers to make phone calls and perform other broadband networking functions. Back in the day, back when I was buying and selling them, uh, Vincent, when I was a high-rolling gambler, so to speak, um, what they did was they made gear that would plug into electrical sockets, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that gear in your electrical socket would then plug into your computer, and your computer can then send it to Heidi, whose electrical socket's in a different room, um, and she could jump on my internet. So they were doing internet through electrical sockets, which a lot of people thought utilities like PG&E would ultimately deliver internet to your house because it's already wired. So it didn't quite turn out like that. Um, let me take a look at the financials on the company and see if there's anything intriguing there. The stock's been on fire, but it's a dollar stock. Um, so it doesn't really take much to be on fire. Um, revenues aren't bad. $50 million to $64 million in the last three years. I'm not going to you know, kick that out of bed, so to speak. Whoops, obvious, literal, rev- bad Rob, bad host, bad host. I got to catch myself. Cash is good, $6 million to $16 million. Total assets twenty million to twenty three million last three years. There's nothing shabby about that. Shares outstanding have been stable, so they're not hurting their shareholders by issuing a lot of shares. No long term debt. It's cute. I think they might. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with the company. It doesn't seem to have a cancer. They're not bleeding or hemorrhaging cash. They just recently reported two cents a share estimates. I mean, it's teeny teeny tiny micro cap. So the way I would play it, Vincent, is I would uh, a small bit. Can become a big bit, and then I'd take I'd take I'd take it as a trade, and I'd say if I'm going to play this little teeny teeny tiny little thing, I'm just going to buy one percent of my net worth. So if you're worth a hundred dollars, buy one dollar, and if it becomes two dollars, it did its job, and then you could sell that one dollar, and you could let the other dollar ride for you, or you could take it all off the table and say that was a hell of a trade. Take yourself to dinner. Thanks for the call, Vincent. Eight hundred three four five. Excuse me. Five six three nine to get your calls in there. Let's go to Pablo in Richmond. Yo, uh, good morning, Rob. Hi. Uh, I go to uh, Tijuana, Mexico, uh, quite often. Uh, it was one about uh, the exchange uh, between a dollar and a peso. Mm-hmm. Can you give me uh, some of the tips on how, uh, if they when they when I use those money changers over there, do they are they taking money extra from me? Yeah. So you you typically don't. 
you typically don't want to have to exchange your money in a situation where it says exchange. You'll get a much better rate if you use your own Visa card or if you lose a local bank. Um, so I would do not go with the ones that are at the airport or at hotels. They're going to they're gonna rob you. Oh, I, I had a feeling. Okay. Thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. It's tough to figure out what you're getting hit with and what you're not getting hit with because, let's face it, you're in a foreign country. And for most people, that's a pretty intimidating uh, process. So... Uh, local bank, uh, Spanish bank, will do you a much better service. When traveling to foreign countries, you know you need to always think twice about where you convert. Um, the strength of the U.S. dollar, the weakness of the U.S. dollar, it could certainly play into where you go. So, um, yeah, credit cards t- I tend to like the most. Um, they offer the typical best exchange rates, but you got to be careful about using your credit card in in foreign countries. So. Uh, because it's just not quite as it's just not quite as um, I would say safe. But then I'm throwing a huge unfair thing into foreign countries. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. You can send me an email, Rob at robblack.com. If you want to send me an email, free Rob Black T-shirts are sold on robblack.com. Free Rob Black. It's robblack.com. But you can email me, Rob at robblack.com. You can also call the show eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred. Three four five five six three nine. You can follow along, and you can get a podcast of the show, which we're criticizing Heidi for. Is she doing it correctly or not? Come on, it's human error sometimes too. But you can get that podcast at talk nine ten dot com, talk nine ten dot com, and you can get a version of it without without commercials at Apple iTunes. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.